Singer-songwriter Brian Jacobs is a veteran of Manitoba's music scene. But he only released his debut solo album, Highways and Backroads, fairly recently. It's a great album that has been deservedly nominated for multiple Manitoba Country Music Awards. If you want to see Brian live, you can catch him on October 5th at Bulldog Pizza with a bill made up of entirely past Witch Police Radio guests. You got Brian performing with Project Constellation, with The Moonlit Road, and The Lovers. Again, that's October 5th at Bulldog Pizza, Brian Jacobs, Project Constellation, The Moonlit Road, and The Lovers. If you want to hear more of Brian's music and order your own copy of Highways and Backroads, visit brianjacobsmusic.ca. We talk a lot on this podcast about independent artists developing their careers and turning music into a full-time gig instead of just a hobby. One aspect that we don't discuss enough is the financial side of things. I'm not an expert in that department, but here's a guy who is. Trevor Fisher of way to wealth Management is a local certified financial planner who can help you start planning your financial independence. Although Trevor was recommended to me by some local musicians and past guests on the show, he can also help young people plan for their financial future, help those close to retirement map out their next steps, get young families on the road to success, and more. Call Trevor at 204-471-3011 or email him at trevor at way2wealth.ca to get your finances on the right track today. All mutual funds provided through Fundex Investments Incorporated. Check out the brand new single, Simon Pop, by Hypernation and Simon Says, out on iTunes now. This track is Hypernation's first collaboration with the talented and prominent Winnipeg DJ and producer, Joe Silva. Joe's been very active on the Canadian DJ scene, as both a solo artist and half of the Tone Pushers duo. The track also features some prominent Hypernation members, and much more. For more information about Hypernation and all of their various projects, from electronic to reggae to dub and beyond, visit hyperrecords.com. That's hyperrecords with a z.com. Simon Pop, the Joe Silva mix, is out on iTunes now. This episode of the podcast is my conversation with acclaimed singer songwriter Lizzie Hoyt. Lizzie blends elements of folk and Celtic music together to create a unique sound that reflects on the Canadian prairies and especially on Canada's history. Although she's now based in Winnipeg, she hasn't played a local show in quite some time, so she's gearing up for a big gig on October 9th at the West End Cultural Centre with her trio. We talk about her musical background, her interest in Canada's history, especially World War I and World War II, and where that has taken her. Talk about some of the interesting instruments she plays, like the harp, and I've been doing this show for quite some time now, and this has to be the first time I've spoken to a harp player, so that was kind of cool. And in general, it's just a fun conversation. I hope you enjoy. You're listening to Garbage Hill, one of its first podcast network.
Welcome to Witch Police Radio. I'm in a different coffee shop this time. Um, the, the food court was the place for a while, but then it started getting really loud. And so I found that these little coffee, Starbucks, things I like got, it's yeah. a little yeah. bit better. You still hear the background noise, but... Yeah, we're off in a corner somewhere anyway. Exactly. Yeah. We're a little bit hidden from the, the, the massive noise of the mall. Yeah. But um, I'm here with someone who's new to the show, but not new to music at all, <laughs> based on your bio. So I was thinking maybe the best way to sort of get it started um, is if you want to introduce yourself and, and explain your music in your own words, and then we can sort of go from there. Sure. My name is Lizzie Hoyt, and I'm a songwriter and singer and multi-instrumentalist. Okay. I have an interest in traditional music. But as a composer, of course, I'm writing new traditional music. Okay. Um, I draw on the styles of music that I love, uh, Celtic music, bluegrass, and and tour with my trio delivering sort of acoustic music that's rooted in traditional music. Okay, okay. That's, yeah, that's probably better than I can yeah. explain it. I mean, that, that was somewhat where I was, uh, based on what I've heard of your stuff, that's definitely... Uh, yeah. Celtic folk is the short sure. word sure. for it, I guess. But, sure. Yeah. And uh, just like... Right off the top here, you have a big show coming up at the West End Cultural Center. Yeah, um, my my two musicians live in Alberta, okay. and so they're coming out for for this show. We're doing a trio show at the West End Cultural Center on October 9th at 7:30, okay. and uh, we're going to be picking some songs from my two most recent albums, and we'll be trying out a few new things too, just because I'm getting ready to start a new project, and okay. it's always nice to be able to try a few things out. Sure, sure. See how they um, work in front of the crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'll be a mixture of stuff, but uh, I'm really excited because cool. it's the first time. No, that's not true. Sorry, it's the second time that my trio itself has come to town. So. Okay. Well, that was kind of what I wanted to ask as well. Is uh, You are a Winnipegger, is that right? Yes. Because, I mean, it sounds like you've been kind of all over the place uh, in terms of, uh, you know, touring, obviously, but also schooling and other things. So you've, you bounced around a lot. Right? Yeah, so I've been here for four years now. Okay. Yeah, okay. and I really love it. Um, I moved here because my husband was placed here for work, and, okay. and we didn't really know what to expect. But we thought, well, we're here, let's... Let's see what's going on. Yeah, and yeah, then, of yeah. course, you find out there's tons going on. There's and a lot, people, yeah. I always joke, the license plates do not lie in this province. People are so <laughs> friendly and welcoming. And I find the arts community, of course, it's alive and well. But also, people are very supportive of one another. For sure. Like, um, it's a very supportive community. So I, I've really been been enjoying our time here. Well, good. I'm, yeah. glad, I'm glad that Winnipeg has not yeah. been uh, kind of off-putting because I think it's always something interesting. Uh, you know, I've been doing this for about seven years now, and so it's mm. been hundreds of people on the show. Yeah. And oh, pretty much to a person, everyone who's come from somewhere else and moved here has said the same thing, that, that the music scene, the arts community has always been, there's been no barrier to entry. It's just Absolutely. cool. You play music, come hang out with us and do exactly. the show. Exactly. Yeah, so. Exactly. And people willing to collaborate. Um, yeah, I find people don't get very defensive here. If no. you come up with an idea, they're like, that's great. Let's you know, maybe yeah. we could do this or, you know, um, and I really appreciate that support among artists. I, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a very special thing. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I don't know if you find that that's more unique to Winnipeg than it is to maybe other cities in the country or? Yeah, and that's not to say, of course, that there aren't fabulous sure, musicians sure, who are supportive sure. of each other yeah. elsewhere, but just as a general feeling, um, I guess I've just had so many positive experiences with the artists that I've come across yeah. here that I... I do feel like it's a little bit special. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Where do you think that you do you feel like you've kind of found a spot within Winnipeg's like massive music scene? I mean, compared to population, I mean, it's, it's so big, right? Do you, have you sort of carved out your own niche here? Where you think you fit? Well, it's it's funny that you say that because um, of course I work full time as a folk musician and right. I, I tour and do this sort of thing. But when I got um, came to Winnipeg, I started taking uh, classical voice lessons okay. with Tracy Dahl here in town. Okay, cool. Yeah. And I so I've sort of whittled my way into the classical music scene and. And I find most of my friends are, are classical singers okay. and opera singers, so it's a little bit different than what I normally sure, do. Sure, but, yeah. um, but again, it's just it. People don't don't seem to care that you're from a little bit of a different no. 
background and your your journey through music is a little bit different than theirs, everyone's just willing to to, to be supportive and hang out. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Have you found that that kind of classical opera sort of uh, involvement has has bled into your your music as well? Is that Not, or do you keep them separate? I do keep them separate, and to be very honest, I actually use two separate names. Okay. okay. When I'm when I'm performing, um, not that I care that people know that I'm doing the other, yeah. but. I would hate someone coming to a show thinking they're going to hear fiddle music and then sure. have me belting opera. out yeah. opera yeah. and vice versa, right? Yeah, yeah. Sure, um, sure. So for clarity, I use my my full name, Elizabeth, is my first name, of course, okay. and then hyphenated with my married name for my classical singing. Makes sense. But, um, but I mean, there's always, I think no matter what you're doing to continue your musical education, I think, of course, <laughs> there are certain things that you learn elsewhere that you'll bring into into sort of what you yeah. you normally do so I mean I don't tend to use a lot of the technique because it it, it your voice sounds so different and, yeah yeah um, and I'll be honest it's not I don't love hearing some of my favorite folk songs delivered in a classical way okay, okay. Um, I feel like sometimes we should find what we're good at and do that um, but but there's certain things that just that I've learned about using my breath and okay. that sort of thing like the, 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 the actual formal techniques of how to do it yeah, yeah that I that I'm able to use without changing my sound okay. too much okay. yeah does some of it seep in kind of subconsciously too like you realize you're doing something that you learned maybe in an opera context when you're playing folk yeah I would say it's pretty um, maybe not subconscious because I feel like I'm fairly aware of it okay. Um, okay. another thing that I found very useful is um, working on diction what they they call in opera which is like how you use your language okay. and there are different rules depending on what language you're using um, but of course because you don't sing with microphones it has to be quite specific that makes sense a- yeah. and I feel like I've found some ways to use some of that even when I'm singing with a microphone um, so yeah just little things like that that I feel like have, have helped me and, and basically just provide new ways to be expressive okay. Okay. and you know as musicians or artists that's yeah. kind of what we're trying yeah, to do sure. and, yeah. and it's yeah. just an ongoing process so I yeah I can geek out and talk about that a lot no but, but it's <laughs> cool I mean I guess it's a way to exercise your your muscles in a different completely different setting right absolutely yeah and it's like getting more colors in your paint box mm-hmm. yeah you've yeah. got more tools to use and uh yeah, it's very exciting. That's interesting, yeah. yeah. Well, one of the things that I've always kind of... Uh, I mean, I've had a lot of... Uh, I know folk music is such a wide umbrella, and there's so many different subgenres under it, and you can even blend into country and bluegrass, and you can blend into... Totally. Like, even some punk rock blends. I mean, there's such a wide range, but I feel like Winnipeg has a very strong, and always has, scene of kind of... I don't know how to explain it, but kind of grimy folk music. <laughs> like, folk music, which is very... Um, you know, might be faster, it might be a little bit uh, rougher around yeah. the edges. And you are not that. I mean, listening yes. to music is very yeah. kind of pure sounding and clean. And has that been any kind of challenge for you to fit into the folk community? Totally. Here? No, well, not, sorry, I, I shouldn't say totally, but, but yeah, yeah. Um, I have a friend who's a fantastic dobro player, Ivan Rosenberg, and he always jokes that really what I am is called refined folk. Sure, um, sure. I mean, know, it's a different kind, right? It it's, is a yeah, different yeah. kind. And, um, and absolutely, I, there are times for sure, it, conferences or wherever I might be that you know I feel a little bit not like everyone else sure. but I do I love the attention to detail um, and one of my favorite artists of all time is Alison Krauss okay yeah that makes so sense, if yeah. that I, I feel like her influence on me first of all she was the first person that I ever heard that had a voice similar to mine okay 
I had been told many, many times when I was starting out, oh, you just need to learn to sing louder. <laughs> you know, I was like, no, you just need to learn how to do sound properly. Yeah. Um, or to listen better. Yeah, and someone, I remember afterwards, um, a sound person had sort of been giving me a hard time. I started when I was quite young, too, to okay. boot. Um, I was working at 15 already yeah, um, as a side musician. Yeah. So someone came up to me afterwards and said, you know, you need to listen to Alison Krauss. Okay. And I did, and I thought, yeah, this woman is, like, doing her thing, and yeah. she sounds like herself. I can do this. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that I think influenced me a lot about her music is that attention to detail, the incredible, the way she crafts songs and arranges songs. She, she, she doesn't sort of just sing A to B okay. to C to D and then the song's over. Yeah. There's a lot of um, really musical choices that are made in terms of how the songs are arranged and um, I, I find that really admirable and I, I love that. So that's obviously what I like to do with my yeah, music too. Sure, and sure. especially because when I'm touring, I tour as a trio. Um, and you know, when you're the studio, you do have a little bit more flexibility to say, hey, we're going to have a fourth instrument on sure, this. Sure, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. And yeah, you can expand it where you can't when you're on the exactly. road. Exactly. Sure, yeah. <coughs> Sorry. It's okay. Um, so one of the things that I've noticed too, and this is, you know, you seem to be quite open about this on your bios and, and interviews and things, is the kind of interest in historical storytelling. Yep. And folk music has always been about storytelling. Yep. And obviously telling stories that have been passed down over the generations is yep. another big part of it. What is the appeal to you, I guess, of, of, of taking these, not necessarily super old stories, but stories from you know Canada's history and, yeah. and... Yeah, well, kind of a mixture of many of the things you touched on. Um, the storytelling aspect of folk is one yeah. of my favorite things about sure. the style of music. Sure. Same thing with traditional Celtic music has such a strong history of that. Yeah. Um, on this album in particular, I wrote a number of songs inspired by my grandmother's stories of okay. our family tree. Okay. And, you know, I loved my grandmother and I loved hearing her stories and, and feeling connected to the people in the past. Yeah. Um, specifically with things like uh, Vimy Ridge. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just very simply the first time I went to visit. Okay. I was just completely blown off my feet. And I always say it sounds really cliche for me to say this, but it, like, it was really life-changing. Okay. Um, I'd sort of known a little bit about the battle ahead of time, but only, you know, because you might have learned about something in history class. Or you see a vignette on CBC yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And then when I was there in person, it was just, it just really brought everything to life for me. And I, I could just, I felt so connected to, to that history, mm-hmm. I guess. And just feeling, I, at the time, I think I was... 20 or something like that. So that would be a, make a pretty big impression on you, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it's, yeah. you know, you just, you picture all the young men that you know. Right, who would have been your age. They, yeah, and they yeah. would have all been there, totally, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I, and I just, I felt, I don't, guilty is not quite the right word, but I definitely felt that, wow, I should have known this before. Sure. And I need other people, young people to know about this. Okay. So. Well, that's a good reason. Yeah, yeah I feel yeah. like it's, it's important and not that we should get into a big political no, discussion no, no, on, no. but you know, I feel I feel like it's very, it's important not to forget some of these really big parts of our history sure, yeah, because yeah. it surprises me. Just having an interest in sort of World War One, World War Two, how it just surprises me how I think for many people that feels like it's a very long time ago and it's kind of forgotten. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we just start doing the same things over and over again. And not even looking back. At it, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I think it's very very important 
Yeah, well, especially with younger generations too, who don't have maybe don't have a direct connection, you know, to like. I mean, my grandfathers both fought in the war, but yep. my own kids, exactly, they don't, you know, their grandparents were born in the fifties. Like, it's not you know. And yeah. in the same way that I don't have a connection to the Boer War, right? Yeah. Like my grand, yeah. my sorry, my dad's grandfather would have fought in the sure, Boer War, sure. so he has that he connection. Remember, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I'm like, ah, well, I don't know what happened there. Right. You but know? he would have heard about it firsthand. Or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. And so, and I think music and, and art is a wonderful way for people to be able to connect and to be able to connect with. Um, the emotion of it, sure, you know, like sure. I wrote the song from the perspective of a loved one. Yeah. You know, um, it's not just a history lesson in song form. Who? 
are you, are you more interested in focusing on sort of an individual in the larger story rather than just sort of, you know, giving a, a rundown of what happened in the overall story? Like, is that is yeah. the person the key for you? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I never really thought about it, except that I think you're right. Um, because, again, what struck me about being at Vimy, for example, was not just on this date, this happened. Yeah, and yeah. Then, you know, um, it was the idea of people being there, uh, one person. Um, and I, yeah, it was a conscious choice to have the song from the perspective of a loved one right. who's lost someone there. Right. And when I think about my other songs, too, that are kind of inspired by similar historical events, yeah. I do tend to write them from first person. I think it's a way of humanizing oh, these big stories. Yeah, big yeah. and often horrific events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Is that normally the... Um, this the same kind of method you use for non songs that aren't related to that stuff? Are you usually looking for a person to focus in on, whether it's you know coming from yourself or from someone yeah. else's perspective? That would I would say uh, a mix. Okay. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Okay. Yeah, I have some songs that I think are just kind of a little bit more general, and some that ha I have a specific personal experience that inspired it. Sure, so of course, yeah, 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 in that yeah. area, I think it's kind of a, more of a mix. Okay. When you have songs like the Vimy Ridge one, what is the uh, I mean, obviously, you were saying you want to get younger people kind of engaged with that history and, and learning about it, but what is sort of the main audience for that? Because I imagine there's a lot of people in older generations who that would appeal to greatly because they have that connection, right? Like, Absolutely. I, I I sing Vimy at every concert I do. Yeah. Um, and and I'm not exaggerating when I say almost every concert, someone comes up to me and says, oh, my uncle yeah, yeah. was at Vimy, and they... And I think they appreciate being reminded of it. Because that's another thing, too. We're all busy. We're all trying to, sure, yeah. you know, make it through the week and pay our bills. And um, and I think it's... We all sometimes need that reminder, myself included. Yeah. 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 It's, well, it's a good way to do it, too. It's, you know, I mean, especially if you're sitting there and doing something else and it's in the background. Oh, yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. exactly. Cool. What kind of... Um, did Has that has that kind of focus opened you up to more, um, I guess, opportunities to have your music heard? with the historical connection? I mean, I know there's a lot of historical, you know, organizations and, and venues and, and things like that. Yeah. Has that kind of helped you at all? Um, yeah, I think not, not in a, it's not like I've managed to have a tour in all the legions across. Of all the museums, the, yeah, yeah. No, sure, sure, sure. Um, but we, like I did a video project for this song on site at Bimmy and... Um, yeah, watch the, watch the Okay, video. yeah, and the Canadian War Museum had that shown for part of, for the 100th anniversary. Okay, that, that's cool. Yeah, that's so cool, things like that that I wouldn't have... Yes. And that could open you up to a whole new audience, potentially. Potentially, yeah. I mean, in terms of... Uh, this makes it sound super businessy, But, I mean, um, it's hard to find enough money to pay three people to go on the road. Sure, sure. So it's not like it's um, all of a sudden all these people are hiring me because because of that. But I, I think that, you know, it's just something that maybe people identify yeah. with me a little bit. And it's like, oh, she's the person who kind of has an interest in... In history. World War One and World War Two history. And yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I think I read that you got a, a Diamond Jubilee mm -hmm. medal for that. What, what was yeah. that like? I mean, did you actually get it from the Queen herself? Or no, from no, the, I didn't. The Lieutenant Governor, there, I guess. There or? was a ceremony. Uh, it was the Minister of Veterans Affairs okay. who gave well, it to me. Yeah, cool, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, and we went to Ottawa for nice. the ceremony, and it was very meaningful. And I know this sounds really cliche too, but I mean, of course, it's not why you do the project. No, of course so, you not. know, no. yeah. um, they really were very important to me. But I mean, it was a lovely recognition. I was very touched. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a pretty cool thing to get. I mean, there's not a lot of people who get that. Totally, and actually.
actually my grandmother got one. The oh, cool. same grandmother who's the one who tells the oh, told really? the stories of our family tree. Yeah, she was very active in her community. So it was also very neat to just in yeah, the same the year be like, yeah. oh, she got one that's too. Super cool. and, yeah. Right on. Yeah, that's uh, I, I think a lot of people get things, get awards like that, but you just don't hear about it as much. I mean, yeah. when it's a celebrity or something, then it's like, oh right, yeah, they right. got, but there's so many like just regular people who are doing really cool stuff, yes. whether it's in their communities or artistically or Absolutely. whatever, that, that get recognized and it's a cool thing. Yeah, no, I agree. When you're, I mean, now that you're in Winnipeg, mm-hmm. has it been, how, how is the city to tour from? Just because it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. Right. Uh, I mean, I know a lot of Canada is, but we have, you know, eight hours in every direction. It's true. If you're, playing, if you're talking big cities, I mean, there's a lot of smaller, yep. smaller communities that have some really nice venues and shows, but to get anywhere major, you're kind of... Well, in some ways, we are in the middle of the country. We're in the middle. That helps, right? Yeah. So, um... Yeah, and I do tend to do a lot of rural touring, actually. Yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense, yeah. For the style of music that I play and, and my audience base. And I really like it. Um, it's really... Um, you know, people really appreciate when you've come all the way. Sure, sure. Um, and that's not to say that people in Winnipeg don't appreciate concerts, but, you know, there's just a lot more options. If and there's one every month and you're the one, then it's a big deal. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. so I, I found it fine. This past I have a son who's um, 17 months. Okay, oh, wow. So this last year I toured with him. Um, that must have been fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm very tired. Yeah, um, I can imagine. Yeah. No, um, so we, we did a lot of flights just, you know, okay. to, to sort of... we. Flew to where we needed to go, and then to eliminate the driving with a baby. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Um, we still did quite a bit of driving, but the biggest tour that he was on was in BC, where things are closer sure, together. Sure. So yeah, for sure. I mean, especially in the prairies. Yeah, I, they there's distances. Big, yeah. Yeah, it, it's tough. It is tough. I would I would be lying if I said it wasn't. Yeah. But but like I said, because I do have a fair fan base in rural areas. Yeah. I I tend to do okay. That yeah. makes that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And actually, I find a lot of folk folk artists and, and country artists tend to do the same thing and there's so many little towns that have some of them have amazing venues too oh just like these hidden gems and it's like well this has been here for 100 years yeah yes and these beautiful old theaters yeah and like opera houses and stuff it's it's crazy yeah yeah and so those are those must be perfect for you oh i i love them i love them and i i there there's only been one place ever that i've ever visited touring that i i didn't love okay okay i won't even tell you where that is it was a long time ago um but in a good track record only one that you well no really just that's just it and i think part of it has to do with the fact that when you are a musician and you're touring and you're playing concert series most of them are run by volunteers yes yeah um they're run by people who are interested in the arts who want to make their communities you know have stuff going on and be healthy so you're just kind of always meeting the best people in the yeah, country so where happy you go. To have you. Yeah, 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 and yeah. and they're active people that are getting things done and, and yep. creating opportunities for artists in Canada. And yeah, so I get I, I do I get to meet a lot of really wonderful people. That's cool. Well, I, I one of my first uh, journalism jobs after I finished college like ages ago was at a paper in Vernon, Manitoba, and oh, they, okay. they have an amazing like opera house there. there. And this is exactly what you're talking about. I went to every show when I was living there. I didn't matter who it was. Some of them I loved, some of them I didn't. But yep. it was. Every it show was, was packed. On. Every show was yeah. packed. I interviewed all the artists. It was great. Yeah. And yeah, everyone involved seemed super pumped just to have anyone there. It didn't, didn't matter. Totally. And then people who did well would obviously come back. And yes. They, they, oh, I remember her from last time or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No, exactly. It's, yeah. I'm very lucky. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I guess touring must be a little bit easier just being an acoustic artist. Absolutely. You can just kind of pack your stuff and, and go. Um, that said, because I play the harp and the guitar. Okay. And the, the harp maybe is going to be a bit bigger. To, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and we got the upright bass. So we are acoustic, but we actually travel with a fair amount of stuff. No, and they, then you add the baby, sure, and then it's sure. just then like Then you have all mayhem. the baby gear yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, uh, I, I, 
I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I have kids, and it's I can't like, imagine touring when they were babies. That would have been nuts. Yeah, it's like, can someone give me a medal? <laughs> well, you got one, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you already have Specifically one. for yeah. making it through the year of just, touring. Just write yeah. on it with a Sharpie or something. <laughs>
So this this album here, um, this is the one you're playing songs from most yeah. of the show. Yeah. This came out a few years ago. So yes. when when are you hoping to kind of get going on the next one? Well, I'm in the very early stages. I've been, I think I mentioned earlier just about how I love Alison Coase's arranging. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love arranging too, um, working with traditional songs and finding new arrangements okay. for them that really suit the song. Um, so I was sort of inspired to do... Um, a project of lullabies. Oh, cool. of course, I know so many people do that after having kids, and I, I didn't really want to do that. So I've got a collection of traditional songs that okay. are ballads and slower songs that you don't tend to put a whole album of slow songs together. Right. But in the traditional repertoire, there's so oh, many there's beautiful tons, eh? ones. Yeah. And I just thought, I'm, I'm actually doing it as a sort of fundraising project okay. um, where proceeds are going to go to support young parents or new parents oh, who cool. sort of have some financial challenges. Um, but um, yeah, so I'm just in the very early stages, just finalizing arrangements for all the songs that I've chosen, and I'm hoping to be in studio in February, okay. which would mean I'd be ready to release it probably in the fall of next year. Yeah. Okay. But that's it's still a little bit up in the air. It's got to yeah. get a few things in in place. Sure, that's a cool but, idea for an album. Though. I mean, it kind of is yeah. like all of us. But well, not, that's yeah. just it. And I thought, you know, I enjoy sometimes listening to a more quiet album. It's not that I always yeah. want to hear upbeat stuff. And as a fiddle player, of course, I do tend to have a more upbeat sure. show sure. and albums and. Yeah, it's kind um, of hard. Well, fiddles can definitely be soft and, and quiet, but they def- certainly lend themselves to upbeat dancing around kind of, of music. Of course. Yeah. So, yeah, so I thought it would be a nice nice challenge for me to just sort of have a project that was more focused on that kind of theme. Yeah. And like I said, there's just so many beautiful traditional songs that are slow. Yeah, I guess there's literally thousands of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. As a fiddle player, have you been influenced at all by Manitoba's? music because it's kind of a long history here of the Métis stuff and everything and Absolutely. the jigs. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I don't, uh, when I moved here, I was like, I need to learn some Métis fiddle too, yeah. so I learned two okay. right yeah. off the go. Um, but no, it's not a style that I, I play very much. I really like it. Patty Kostruck, of course, is a fabulous fiddle player from here, and I listen to her stuff a lot. Um, but no, I would say the, um, the style of fiddle that I tend to play is more rooted in Celtic traditions. Sure, sure. Um, Scottish and Irish and all of, all of that. But... Um, and I think, too, I'm a fiddle player, and that was my first instrument, but I think I've gotten busy doing all these other things of songwriting, and, right. you know, I, I know so many fiddle players who are just can kind of play any style, and they're super amazing at yeah. all of them, and, um, <laughs> you know, I feel like I've found sort of the area that I play well, um, but I've been busy songwriting and sure. learning how to play the harp and that sort of thing, so I... I don't, I don't tend to play a lot of Métis old-time tunes, but I have, I have a small repertoire, yeah, for yeah. sure, yeah. Yeah, I think you have to when you're here. You're gonna of course, learn, yeah, of yeah. course. And my grandfather was an old-time fiddle player oh, cool. okay. in Alberta. Okay, cool. So, I, you know, I have some old-time tunes that I you know from doing family sure, gatherings, sure, that sort yeah. of thing. How, how did you pick up the harp? Like, that's, that's a very daunting instrument to... <laughs> you know? Like, I mean, not only the size, but just in terms of, like... I imagine it's hard to even find a harp. Like, it's really random. I, I did a session, um, I played an Irish session in Edmonton for a number of years when I was living there okay. uh, with a harpist. And no joke, um, she used to have harps that she would rent to her students so that they didn't have to buy. Makes sense, yeah. She had an extra harp hanging around her house, taking out room. Yeah. She's like, oh, I keep getting in the way. I was like, you're welcome to leave it in my house. <laughs> I kid you not. She's like, oh, great, thanks. She left it in my house, and then I was like, huh. It's like, do you mind if I like poke around? She's like, go for it. I just started poking around, cool. and I'd sat beside her for four years already, sort of seeing how you play right. the harp. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you're kind of... And I know so many tunes already. Sure. So... Well, when um, you have your musical background, I mean... Yeah. yeah. Not a direct connection between what you play and what that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I... Yeah, that's that's how. It's just kind of an uh, odd 
it's very strange yeah. circumstance that she just needed space for this harp and I was like yeah this is neat yeah and then you decided to take it on tour with you <laughs> well yeah because it's it's such a beautiful contrast to, sure, sure. to um, the other things I had tried to learn the whistle at one point but my husband <laughs> said I love you but I cannot stand listening to that um, and let's be honest too the harp it's a beautiful instrument. Even when you mess up, it still sure, sounds it still pretty sounds amazing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Fiddle, not so much. No, no, yeah. no, definitely. And I think I've tried to play a violin once, and I have no idea what I was doing, and it sounded awful. Yeah. So yeah, I can imagine. But no, harp, harp is very evocative too. I mean, especially for telling stories of, of often tragic things as well, right? I mean, the, that, that's the type of instrument that, that fits in very well with that. Yeah. Because it's got the prettiness to it, but it also kind of has some sad tones. And... Yeah, absolutely. And I've been exploring um, actually Latin music on the harp. Oh, cool. Because that's um. It's a very prominent instrument in sort of Latin American music, but it's it's the macho instrument really? that all the guys huh. play. Yeah, I know because we always associate it with yeah Celtic woman, yeah with like kind flowery of dress hair. kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, it's it's really the machismo huh. instrument. So That's I've been really exploring cool. some it. some of that repertoire on yeah. the harp, and it's I'm hoping to do a little bit of it actually at the show. Cool, cool. And just it it shows a different side of the instrument that is yeah. much more. Um, I don't know what the right word is. Well, Latin. Latin. Yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
Can you, this is maybe a really weird question, I know this is not the type of thing that you play, but can you plug in a harp? I mean, you, you can yeah. mic it, I guess, right? And you can... Yeah, I have, I have pickups in all my instruments, okay. actually. Okay. Um, I just find having everything plugged in, which is a good sound person, yes, um, yes, can so. really, it, it, you know, really sort of ex excites everything a little bit. Sure. You know, of course, we sometimes play acoustic as well. But yeah, no, I got pickups and all Where does the pickup even go on the harp? That's what I'm trying to... Oh, uh, yeah. I so, mean, on a guitar or bass, you can figure out where the pickup goes pretty easily. Right. But on a harp, where do you actually... So um, the soundboard is the part that kind of is leaning up. Sure. On the body of the person? On the body, yeah. 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 Um, so it's actually just inside the hollow section. Okay. Um, it attaches there, and then the input is by my foot, yeah. basically. That makes yeah. sense. Okay, yeah. cool. Weird. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, you learned like, something new. Yeah, you do, for sure, yeah. I don't think I've ever had anyone playing a harp on the show before, so I mean, it's ah, kind of well, yeah, cool. cool. It's, it's a first, right? Yeah. So the, the show here, this is, is this part of an ongoing tour, or is this kind of the kickoff for a tour? Or? No, this is just a, a one-off one kind of thing. Okay. Um, we've been touring this album quite a lot in the country for the last few years. Um, but, the, you know, in some ways, oh, it's sort of an older album, but, you know, but I'm still going to new places that I haven't sure. been before. So sure. it's, it's new to the people... Um, here, I've yeah. never, I've never shared um, songs from this album live here, you know. Okay, so, so people who know you and have known you for a while probably, yeah. oh, cool, I can actually see this. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So even though it's quote unquote a few years old, it's still new to many of the places that we tour. Sure. Do, yeah. you, do, you, do you ever feel that these songs are, that you've kind of moved past some of these songs? Are you sick no. of any of them or are they all still fresh? Not yet. Um, my previous album, Home, which I released in 2010, yeah. um, we've been doing a few of those songs for quite a while, but, you know, yeah, you start feeling like this isn't, this isn't yeah. really me anymore. It's not where anymore. you are right now, yeah. 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 Um, so, yes, certainly over time you sort of filter things out, and, yeah. but, but I, do, I do try to um, make sure that we do songs in our shows that people might want to hear if they yeah. have your, bought your CD and, yeah. you know. For sure. So this uh, this is the most recent one, and you have the other one. Is this the two two albums, or do you have anything else out as well? Um, I have two other albums. Okay. One is out of print. It's okay. it was my first album from two, 2007, mostly fiddle tunes. Um, that was called My Red Shoes. And then I've got a Christmas album of ancient Christmas carols. Okay. That's um, cool. Yeah, so not quite the right time of year yet. For not that, yet soon. But, yeah, but... Um, Depressingly soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so... Yeah, so that's that's the other project, but that's already a couple of years old. Okay, well. okay. And then uh, I'm assuming the best place for people to pick up the albums if they like your stuff is at the shows. Yes, and absolutely. Is there anywhere else in the city that you can buy them? Um, I sell mm -hmm. online. Okay. Yeah, um, through my website. We do mail outs and um, yeah, that's probably these. Uh, are you on all the streaming stuff as well? or? I'm not. I'm. Um, you sort of were joking that you're a Luddite. Yeah. I... We can get into a big discussion about that, yeah. but yeah, no, I'm not streaming. Okay, yeah. so people need to actually go and get the physical. Yeah. Cool. Okay, and then to find out more information about you know about you in general, here's some of your stuff, see the videos. What's the best option there? Probably my website, okay. LizzieWhite.com. I do try to keep it updated um, with some new things. I also have an email list people can sign up oh, cool. for, okay. and I don't bombard people with emails. I'm not one of these. I'm emailing <laughs> every, you every, every days, month. Yeah. 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 No, I I literally I send out an update once or twice a year. Okay. Okay. Just new information about new recording projects, where I'm touring, cool. um, sometimes a little video of me playing something or that's, yeah. Yeah, like a bonus for someone who signed up to the, yeah, 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 exactly. Sure, sure. Um, and then I am on social media too. You know, I've got a Facebook page yeah. for Lizzie Hoyt Music. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, I find that the, the website is and the email list is the best way to kind of really yeah, well, you're getting direct to the people with the email list. Yeah, That's just yeah. it, yeah. Not to dwell too much on the uh, yeah. the, the streaming thing, because I, I don't use yeah. it either, so I, I, mm -hmm. I get it <laughs> to a certain extent. But yeah. how do how do you feel about um, when you're actually selling CDs? Did you, is your audience an audience that still consumes CDs? That's good. Yeah, and, and so, I and I understand that too. I 
I do have a different audience base than you know some other young folk artists. For sure, yeah. yeah. So for me, I I can kind of get away with doing that, and I might change my mind in five years. Sure. Um, But for now, my CD sales are actually a very very important part of my income. At the end of the year, uh, they really make a very big difference, and um, so for that reason, I've I've chosen to just. No, it's good. I, I, I love CDs, and I kind of hoard um, local CDs, so I'll add oh, this to right? the okay. collection. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. I'm glad to add to it. <laughs> so the show, what, what are the details of the show again? The, what, yeah, the so time? October 9th, that's a Wednesday evening, 7.30 p.m. It starts. Doors are at 7. Tickets are $20 in advance, $25 at the door. They can be purchased um, online uh, through um, Mustang Cultural Center and Eventbrite. And then I also have some tickets for sale at my favorite place, McNally Robinson. Cool. Okay. Um, that seems like a good place to find your stuff. I mean, it seems yeah. like a good fit, right? I, I, I love was there McNally. Actually, That's yeah. my, yeah. And every time my mom comes to visit, we always have to go yeah, to McNally. Yeah, so, yeah. Cool. Okay, great. Well, yeah, people should check out the show. They should uh, check out the CD, which is called New Lady on the Prairie, and go to your website to find out more. Uh, if you want to hear more episodes of this show, you can go to witchpolice.com. All 400 and whatever episodes are there, <laughs> free download oh, wow. streaming. Um, and you can also tune in on Sundays at midnight on 101.5 UMFM. And those are old episodes that get a bit of a bump a few months after they come out in podcast form. So, you know, it's September now. The one you end up hearing next Sunday might be from May or something, but it's still cool because, you know, whoever I interviewed on that one, I can't even remember, <laughs> will, you know, they might have new music out. So Absolutely. by the time this airs, you may be playing I'm still going to be, a, I'm going to still be a musician doing right. stuff. Exactly. So, yeah. so yeah, even if you tune in a few years from now, it's the same thing. Yeah, so, yeah. exactly. Awesome. Well, thanks for meeting me here and uh, Thank yeah, you. good luck with the show. And then, Cold landscape.